Guys, we get it. You all hate nature. I've gotten so many texts and emails and Instagram notices that the gosh darn birds were really annoying last week or two weeks ago. Yeah, they were annoying for me too. They were? When I was like talking with you. Well, yeah, you texted me and said I can hear the birds, (laughs) but I didn't know that that was annoying to you. Well, why wouldn't it be? (laughs) Listen. You think I hate nature? Well, I kind of do. You kind of do hate nature. Yeah. Like, it's a it's momentous occasion for you to get out and be in nature. Mm-hmm. I try every week. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, feedback duly noted. No more birds on the pod. I was just trying to sit outside and have a sun moment. And all of a sudden, everybody's texting me and blowing me up. I'm just like, God damn, I get it. She takes feedback very well, people. Uh, yeah. Can you, can you tell? <laughs> Um, uh, Anyway, how are you, buddy? I'm super. Oh, back in paradise. Well, I don't don't even hear anything. (laughs) She's got jokes, y'all. Guys, y'all know I'm my number number one fan. I crack my Let me just tell you, have we talked about how I don't like birds, period? Well, I knew you were afraid of uh, crows or something. Crows are smart and scary. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I've been driving down the freeway. And had a hawk fly into my windshield and slide off at 60 miles per hour. That's scary. Hawks are big. I've been shit on twice by birds that's when I was in Thailand. I think that's good luck. That's But twice? Within five minutes? Double the luck. I, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, I've had a bunch of bird experiences. And then I was afraid of the movie The Birds growing up. I, see, I didn't watch scary movies when I was a kid. Mm. I think this is telling about both of us. Because you watch scary movies, and now you go to sleep to 911 calls. Yes. And I only watch Friends. I started Friends over. You did? Yes. You got, you got a year, right? It's my fourth time. <laughs> well, it's May, so I only uh, have seven months. I see. I see. I can do it in seven months. And then the, they'll, they'll... The challenge is on. Do you think that the... Whatever station... Was it Universal? That yeah. they'll have their own platform by then? Yep. Really, though? Another platform, you guys? Do we need Everybody's that? doing a platform. Disney's doing a platform. AT&T's doing a platform. That's you, too much. Well, everybody's trying to get in on a get piece their of market this pie. Mm-hmm. There is a, a new TV show on Netflix that looks good. Dead, Dead to Me. Have you watched that? With yeah. Christina Applegate? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love me some Christina Applegate. And Linda, Car- and Linda Cardellini. Yeah, yeah. That looks pretty good. Yeah. I'm, I'm queuing that I up. think that I already figured it out, though. Well, don't tell me. You don't think so? Well, I don't want to know. Shit. I don't want to know. Okay. Oh, the show that I am watching <laughs> yeah. is Barry on HBO. He is a hitman? Yep. It's um, good. I think you'd like it. There's that guy. His name, his name is Ryder Doyle. He's in it. He's one of the actors. He's in acting class, right? Yeah. Um, and he's like uh, sort of like Instagram famous person. He's oh. pretty cute. Yeah. It's kind of a dark comedy. Mm-hmm. I think you would like it. I'm into that. Mm-hmm. But what's the actor's name again? The main one? Bill Hader. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not really a fan of his. I'm kind of starting to be strangely attracted to him. <laughs> Maybe that's why it works. Yeah. I mean... What is that on? HBO? HBO. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. You have access. I do. Watch it. Um, I will once you watch Handmaid's Tale. Uh, but... We gotta negotiate It's really... Stuff. Oh, this is dark. <laughs> this, like... All I'm hearing from people is that The Handmaid's Tale is... Life imitating art right now. Right now it is. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Alabama. <laughs> I don't even. Uh, uh, 
50th uh, in education, yep. but first to criminalize women getting abortions. That makes a lot of sense to me. That means they don't give a shit about children. Nope. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I had a moment with my team earlier this week. Oh, Lord. And I had to apologize to them. Listen. You hear you heard it from me first. <laughs> I love my team. We're we're we are a small but mighty group over here, and we have a very like family like atmosphere. Yeah, right. Which means y'all keep it real. We keep it real. Keep real. it on the real real. Well, you know, I always keep it real real. <laughs> and um, some things just bug me, man. Like <laughs> I don't know why it bugs me, and I, this is what I've I've shared with them. So I'm. It's not like I'm. You know, spilling the tea. Everybody already knows this. It's old news. Mm-hmm. Um, but when somebody comes into the office for a meeting with Aaron specifically, Aaron being the head honcho, yeah, yeah, and also my husband, they will blow me up. Who's that? Who's that? Either via Slack. Oh, like who is this new person yeah. in our space? Yeah. Who this is? Yeah. Who that is? Yes. Uh-huh. They will come over to my desk. They will Leave slack me. Like you're in high school. Who is that? I guess that's, that's really the only two <laughs> methods. They're not texting me or emailing me. It's just Slack or... Uh, Are they, they're, they're skywriting too, right? <laughs> skywriting who, who that? And so it'll get to the point where like everybody will individually ask me who's in the conference room. Mm-hmm. And so on Tuesday, I was like, y'all know you can look at his calendar because... When you are all part of like an uh, an organization via Outlook or Gmail or you know whatever type of platform you're using to, for everybody to have the same email address, mm-hmm. you all have access to the same calendar. It's public whether you like it or not, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> and so I'm like, Aaron's calendar is public, and he and I die live and die by the calendar. Like we even go so far as to when he has to pick Charlotte up from school, like when I'm doing some after work, I put on the calendar so I don't forget. Like everything is on the calendar. Mm-hmm. And everybody so in the saying, office has access to it. So, so you want people to look at the calendar. 100 figure out who the person is. Rather than bugging me. Okay. <laughs> and I just, is that rude? Wait, wait, wait. Like, so how did you snap off? I was like, y'all know y'all can look at his calendar. <laughs> I said it just like that. Wow. Well, and then I apologized because I knew it was a little bit snappy. And I was like, okay. But that was after the fourth person had asked me, like, who was in the conference room. And I was like, okay, guys, I do realize that was a little bit snappy. Mm -hmm. However, we use the calendars for a reason. And so I have everybody's calendar open all the time. Because if I'm trying to schedule a meeting, I'm going to be like, okay, what's so-and-so doing? Nope, can't do it then. What's, you know, when's another time I can do this with this person? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what they're there for. Now, when I was talking to you about it, you said you thought calendars were private. Um, yes. N- not set to private. Just, uh, it's n- I'm not inclined to, like, go to someone's calendar and see what they're up to. You know what I mean? That seems real nosy to me. I don't use calendars the way that you use calendars. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's all. Yeah. Because I'm just like, I mean, and I have, you know, private stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'll just block it on my calendar as Allison, remembering your brain what you have to do right now. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's what I use my calendar for. Just reminders. Yeah. So that, like, uh, 
it always happens where I have my hair cut on a Friday, mm-hmm. but I don't know which Friday it is. And it kind of doesn't matter, right? Because that day, that morning, it pops up in the calendar. I'm like, okay, I have to get my, get my hair cut today mm-hmm. at this certain time. That's all I use calendars for. I'm not trying to, like, nose into your business and see what you got going on today. Yeah. I don't know. But I'll you sh- encourage folks to do that. Yeah, 100%. Because, I mean, I'll show you. This is, like, what That's I... That's very fall. <laughs> I'm going crazy looking at that right well, now. That's a lot of, of like, overlapping so, and, yeah, I'm showing, and colors. I'm showing kind of my calendar view. clusters. But then I can take people off, right? So, like, if I take her, that person off, okay, it gets rid of some stuff. If I take that person off, it gets rid of some stuff. And so most of that is just, like, mine and Aaron's crap. And I can read it. But no, you can't. Yes, I can. No, you can't. You lying now. Oh my gosh. Anyways, I'd love to hear what you guys think. And also, would some therapist reach out to me and let me know why it bothers me so much? <laughs> because I'm not 100% yeah. sure. God forbid she seek out information. <laughs> no, I want y'all. y'all. <laughs> you come to me, you guys, uh-huh. and fix my problems. Yeah, come to me and let me know what's wrong with me. I don't know. Um, by the way, guys, uh, this is the great. This, oh, yeah, this, uh, this is Kai and Allison. Hi. How's it going? Super. Um, I want to bring up a topic that you were kind of aware about mm. from last week, and that was the Lyft protest. Oh, yeah. The Lyft mm-hmm. Uber protest. Mm-hmm. I feel it was more Uber because they were about to go public, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, Lyft had already gone public. So basically, the drivers, these gig drivers, as they call themselves, um, were protest- protesting because they were... They felt like the sort of bigwigs of these companies were trying to rake in all this money, and the workers themselves were getting the shaft. Mm-hmm. So they wanted what, like a um, pay increase or some fairness, right? And before this, New York had passed a law where I think they they earn now seventeen dollars an hour, guaranteed. Um, and so the protest was sort of, the, they wanted to match that, and they wanted to get uh, better money, I guess, right? So this whole thing, like, I'm, I'm all for it, especially for, like, full-time drivers. I can't imagine doing it full-time. That sounds crazy yeah. to me. Because um, I do it, I do, like, three hours every once in a while, right, mm-hmm. during the week. And that works for me. Right. It it it's it works, and I get some extra income, and it's perfect. Um, so, I guess my question is: these folks who want to drive full time, it's not. It doesn't seem like I know in my market, the Seattle market, when it's a good time to drive, mm-hmm. and when it's hella slow, mm-hmm. right? And so if it's, like, if I'm on the clock from 11 a.m. to 2.30 p.m., I'm not going to get any hits. No, one's, no one really needs a ride at that time, right? So you're saying lunchtime. Like, right, right before, during, and after lunchtime yeah. is slow. It's super slow. So I feel like, yeah, there should be a living wage thing happening. But also, you can't expect to earn money it's supply and demand right if the supply if the demand is not there then you can't work so your gripe is that drivers need to change their schedule 
You need to know your market. Yeah. Yeah. And you can't expect to be making, earning an hourly whatever in the hella slow ass times. Mm -hmm. Like, should I turn my app on from like 2 a.m. to 4 a.m. and and expect to be getting paid some kind of way? Yeah. That doesn't seem reasonable to me. Yeah. You know? Um, Yeah, I don't know. The the whole thing is is odd to me. So in the Lyft community... Mm -hmm. What were people saying about Wednesday? Wasn't, um, it, wasn't it Wednesday? There was a lot of, yeah, it was last Wednesday, mm-hmm. right? And there was a lot of, like, uh, in solidarity, I didn't I didn't drive that day. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, like, I get that people are trying to, to, to earn a living. Yeah. And I get that, and I'm all for it. But Listen, also, we're all about solidarity these but days. But also know your market. Like, if you expect to, to be getting hella rides during those slow times... Uh, that just doesn't seem reasonable to me. Yeah. You know, like if you are working eight hours a day or more and during, but during the prime time, uh, then I get it. Like For you sure. should be earning a living wage. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. There was a lot of like, I'm, I'm out for myself. I'm going to drive. Ha yeah. ha ha. And there was a lot of people like bashing. It was like a lot of bashing going on back and forth, hmm. you know? A lot of noise. We're, we're used to noise these days. Oh, uh, yeah. My father-in-law took a lift <clears throat> last Wednesday yeah. from the airport to our house. I yeah. was like, well, somebody was driving. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's great. Totally. And those are like one-offs, and they exist. Mm-hmm. But, um, again, it's supply and demand. It's not going to be a huge amount of people needing rides at those off times, but there will be some, mm-hmm. you know? But you can't cry if you don't get a hit, you know? Yeah. Um, You're still enjoying it, though. I yeah. I mean, you I, haven't given us an uplift for the week lately. Let, I, let me let me give you one right now. <laughs> um, so was it yesterday? I think yesterday was. I was driving in the morning, and um, a woman got into my car, and uh, I started following the navigation, right? And she was nice. She was like, you know, kind of scrappy and feisty. Uh, but then she got, you know, kind of chilled out and, and sat back. So once I started driving, we're about two minutes in. Um, she's like, uh, where are you going? And I was like, uh, what do you mean? <laughs> she's like, you're going the exact wrong way. Mm. I was like, uh, what's, you know. Yes. So so I said, wait. So I had to pull over. And I said, what address do you have? So I can compare it to, to, my, to my destination address. We had the same address. And... Um, and she was like visibly agitated. Agitated, right? And I said, I'm just following what the the GPS is telling me. Mm-hmm. And she's like, um, okay, well, I've, I've never been this way before. I was like, okay, let's just see what happens, right? <laughs> so we go, and eventually we get to her place, and it, and um, it was the same time, right? And and. I guess my whole thing was initially she she was really feisty and agitated, but at the same time I'm gonna say bravo to her. Here's the why: is because it's that whole fuck politeness thing. She doesn't know that I'm taking her someplace that I'm not supposed to. One hundred percent. Do you know what I mean? And if she was scared. She said something. She didn't. She wasn't passive, and she wasn't going to just accept that. Let's just see where he takes me. And yeah. you know what I'm saying? So for her to have said something and then eventually she was like, I just have never been this way before. 
Like, I'm cool with it. Mm-hmm. You said something. Bravo to Miss Roma. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not mad at you. Keep speaking up. Yeah. I'm, I'm all for it. Good. Yeah. I like that spin. Okay. Yeah, because at first I was like, shit, what happened? And then I was like, what is she thinking in her head? Like, yeah. am I taking her to, like, you know, BFE and... God knows what I could do. She doesn't know who I am, mm-hmm. you know? Thank God I'm a nice person. <laughs> I'm not trying to do all that business, but Seriously. but uh, yeah, hats off. Keep doing that. Hats <laughs> the fuck off. I don't know what I, honestly, what I would have done is probably get on my phone, pull out the map and, and see. see just yeah. like where we were. Right. If you were literally taking me in an opposite direction. I wasn't. I think she was just exaggerating a little bit. Yeah. Which is fine. Yeah. You know? But I mean, I'm sure you've got to be able to see on your map that you're going in the general Direction. vicinity yes. of where totally. the location is. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> yeah. But do keep keep speaking up, ladies. Yeah. Ain't nobody gonna speak up for us. That's the damn truth. Mm-hmm. Okay. One last thing before we get into the meat. Gotta give a shout out to Gripe Listener Scott for looking at my face last week. <laughs> so we have a listener that's also um, a dermatologist, guys. And I went to him last week because I've been having my face rash for you loyal listeners. And he was probably, not probably, he was like the most interested in what was causing the rash out of all four of the doctors that I've seen mm. from it. And he gave me a couple different uh, remedies. And so far, like, we're looking pretty good. Um, face, face rash isn't gone. Still really is itchy. Mm-hmm. But, hey, shout out, shout out, Dr. Scott. If anybody needs a dermatologist, just message me, and I'll let you know Thanks, where I went. Hashtag not an ad. <laughs> Hashtag <laughs> looking for paid ads. <laughs> <laughs> So, guys, today we're talking about something pretty uplifting. I think <laughs> we're gonna you're gonna leave this podcast feeling inspired. <laughs> Are they about life? <laughs> no, today, guys, we're talking about. I do think it's this is like a testament to like love. We miss you. Yeah, yeah. It's people that have been mostly artists. We chose all artists, mm-hmm. right? A- actors. Um, people that have been taken too soon from us. Yes. Gone too soon. And their talents were not sort of... Fully realized. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You start because you have uh, one more than me, I think. I'm going to start with um, one Mr. River Phoenix. River Phoenix was an actor. He was one of those guys that was like, um, he was really cool. You know, Weren't there cool. several phoenixes? Oh, yeah. His brother's Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, Joaquin. There's okay. like a river. There's a sisters. There's there's a big clan of them. Okay. Yeah. So, so he's sort of like the earlier Johnny Depp. Mm-hmm. Where he was real good at his craft and real artsy and edgy, but also had a commercial appeal. So... Even though he was doing like really cool, you know, films, he was lumped into the the teen heartthrob category. I, mean, I think I remember him as kind of fine. Yeah, fine. Fine. Yeah. So he was like in, on, in like Tiger Beat. Like, yeah. With bad makeup on, you know what I mean? Like that whole. But like with a little bit of angst. Right. Which is how like Johnny Depp sort of yeah. you know got a lot of appeal as well. It's kind of funny. Um, 
but he was kind of known for like edgier roles um, later on in his career, like My Private Idaho, where he plays a gay hustler. Um, he was in Stand by Me, mm. which is a friggin' classic, classic, classic movie for sure. Um, he was in Family Ties. Was he? Yes. I don't remember him. Not he didn't have like a regular role. Okay, but he was he had he had an appearance there. He was in a, a lot of stuff. Um, he was also friends with Keanu Reeves. They were in My Private Idaho together, and he auditioned for Bill. Stop. In Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Can you imagine? Uh, no, that is a, a role <laughs> suitable only for Keanu. No, no, he play, it was uh, Keanu's buddy. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it would have been Keanu and River Phoenix. Oh, okay, got it, got it, got it. Imagine? No. <laughs> um, but sadly, he died of a drug overdose. Um, and it kind of was like a big deal in the sort of Hollywood cool kid set. I so remember... How old was he? He was 23 when he died. Dang, that's, that's young. so young. What was it, heroin or something? Um, I don't know the exact details. The drug overdose, that sounds right, though. So he was born in 1970, died in 1993. Um, and I remember, like, at the time that he died, like, everyone was, like, ch- doing their tributes to him. And Christina Applegate, who we love... Hi, Christina. Did, like, some sort of dance interpretation thing (laughs) at the Viper Room where he died and even Natalie Merchant wrote a song wrote a song that's what I was just gonna bring up yeah it's a beautiful song I was a huge I was a maniac hit yeah back in the 90s yeah just that song yeah it's so good Mm -hmm. yeah I didn't I guess they obviously were super close I don't know right who knew yeah yeah so that's my first one. So what impact did he have on you? How did he affect you? Um, primarily was Stand By Me. It was that movie um, of kids sort of trying to find their own way mm-hmm. and trying to grow up. They're in this very in-between part of their lives. Um, and so I remember being a fan of his from that movie. And then when, when he sort of started doing these more independent films, I was like, oh, like, there's this other world, too. This other sort of world of of edginess and of, uh, of struggle, mm-hmm. you know? And it was, like, more real than the stuff that we were being fed on television, mm. you know? Um, it wasn't so nice. It was, like, dark and gritty, and I loved that, Yeah, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was sort of... Uh, it kind of sh- helped to shape my my world perspective, mm-hmm. you know. Not, not, it's all not in a nice little neat bow. Yeah. And there's not a happy ending. So how old were you when Stand By Me came out? I'm just oh, trying to figure gosh. out when I started to figure this out myself. Maybe I was like eight or nine, I want to say. Do you know I've never seen all of Stand By Me? What's wrong with you? Because there was that part where they are in the lake and the leeches. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, sure. I couldn't watch. I had to turn it off at that point. <laughs> I couldn't watch it anymore after that. That was a hilarious part of the movie, though. It just... Leeches! It freaked me out. <laughs> I need to go back and watch it as an adult. I, like... I can't do, like, blood and gore well, or anything. Well, I mean, let me say... Okay. They... The way they, they figure it out, like, because the guy put his hand down his underwear and he pulled it out that was gnarly that's how they figured out that there was leeches because he pulled it off his 
Yeah, you know. that's why I eek <laughs> eek. <laughs> um, so I feel like I have to to get the most obvious one out the way out of the way that you guys know that I would choose. <laughs> Um, and it's Kurt Cobain. Talk about angst. <laughs> so the whole okay, I was I get emotional when I talk about or like when I watch you know stories of grunge mm-hmm. like that era, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to figure out again because I'm not really good with my feelings why I feel like this about this particular genre of music, mm-hmm. right? So in 1990 I was 10, and in 2000 I was 20. So I feel like my complete formative years were the 90s. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite decade. If I could go back and live any decade again, it would be Seattle in the 90s. That's like yeah. my dream. Yeah. So, do I think that, you know, Nirvana was the greatest grunge band? Um, obviously not mm-hmm. because we know who my affiliation is with. PJ. Yes, but I do think that Kurt Cobain with his blue eyes and his blonde hair and all of his angst that was coming out Open the door for all of those Seattle bands. The door open. Oh yeah, he kicked the door yeah. with his Doc Martens. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. No question. Um, and you know, I feel like first of all, it's been 25 years since he died. Mm. That just happened. That came up about a month ago, and I saw that alert come up on my phone. It's been 25 years since the death of Kurt Cobain, and so on that day, I listened to their Unplugged album. Mm. Iconic. And it's iconic. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Yesterday I was at uh, Core Power, and I think Gabby actually listens to this podcast. And she was wearing a green, like a chartreuse sweater. Uh-huh. And since I had Kurt Cobain on the mind because I was preparing for the podcast, I was like, "Is that an homage to the iconic green mohair sweater that Kurt Cobain wore in MTV Unplugged?" And I got blank stare. <laughs> <laughs> um, that sweater is on display at the Mopop. Is it? Yeah. Like now? Yeah. Oh, I, I think it, it's a fixture there. That's, uh, that's the Modern Pop Museum, mm-hmm. which was one, is what it was called. What was it before? The EMP. Experience, Experience Music Project. Music Project. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so Kurt Cobain has like a standing uh, exhibition there, as does like uh, Jimi Hendrix. Hendrix, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, Kai just made a guitar move. That's why we're laughing. <laughs> so, speaking of Kurt and Nirvana, mm-hmm. Uh, I want to say a week or a week and a half ago. Do you know about this? Uh, Dave Grohl. Oh, and Brandy Carlyle. And Brandy Carlyle were buskering. Yeah. Is it, that's what it's called, buskering? Busking? Busking. Busking at Pike Place Market here in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Just playing for coins. Uh, you know, obviously, that's not what they were doing. <laughs> they got a lot of attention I for know. it. We live in such a cool place, although I don't know anybody that lives here that goes down to the market very often. Are you, I go like, like once very a month. Very often. Yeah, well, once a month is pretty frequent. Um, I'm exaggerating that. <laughs> I was like, like I'm not going to say anything. But like maybe four times a year I'll go down there. I'll go there quarterly. But how cool is that? Yeah. That's so cute. You know, I love that. Um... I think similar to you with River Phoenix, like listening to this genre of music when I was 13, 14, Mm -hmm. I feel like it kind of started to shape who I would eventually be. Mm -hmm. Because it was like I started out middle school wearing scrunchies and hair bows that matched my outfit. And listening to Michael Jackson. And listening to Boys (laughs) to Men. And Boys to Men. Yeah. Nice. And then I left middle school wearing combat boots and, you know, 
I was just more wait, 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 edgy. Wait. Are you are you Alanis Morissette? <laughs> Isn't it ironic? <laughs> like, starting off all pop and then yes. starting all dark. I love it. I had a dark moment for sure, but I think that that like even though I didn't grow up with any angst, I don't know, something in it just resonated with me and I feel like it started to kind of change maybe draw out of me somebody that I would be mm-hmm. eventually sure. that I didn't know. But my last, like, selfish reason of Kurt Cobain Gone Too Soon is we just weren't able to see the longevity of, like, what he could produce, right? Mm-hmm. And so because he was, they only produced three studio albums and then he died, mm-hmm. everybody's like, he, Nirvana is the best grunge, you know, group. And I'm like, well, do we really know that? Because yeah. he died. Influential, I'd say. Yeah. You know? But it takes a lot to be the best. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like just because he's gone, everybody says they're the best. I know, best. but doesn't that always happen, though, when you're memorialized through dying? Like, you get what you get, and it's such a small but potent, you know, condition mm-hmm. that it's like, yeah, it magnifies you, you know, and it puts you in that legendary status. Yeah. You know? True. Um... My next one is Heath Ledger. Oh, such a good one. Born in 79, died in 2008. He was 28 years old when he died. And also, it doesn't seem like it's been eight years. Isn't that crazy? No, wait. That's not, yeah. Eight Eleven. Eight is 16. Yeah, that's Eleven. not right. Eleven years. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, broke back. That was that was it for me. Mm-hmm. Like I when I saw that, and I ugly cried in the audience. It was such a huge moment that movie, yeah. uh, directed by Ang Lee, uh, him and Jake Gyllenhaal, like portraying these super macho cowboys that were gay, that were closeted, that were living in you know rural. What was it? I don't remember what, what state it was. Was it Montana? Um. And just to see sort of that struggle and to see that slice of life portrayed on the big screen by these huge actors, Mm -hmm. huge impact on, you know, on me and uh, gay culture, I'd say, uh, in general. Um, But, you know, it was dark as well and he gave an amazing performance in that and you didn't know whether to root for them or it was just it was so complicated and so complex um that it left a huge mark on on me and you know heated as an actor um and of course the dark knight that came out after he died which is so creepy Mm -hmm. you know because he died, what what month did he die in? Do you have those, those I don't, stats? I, I guess it doesn't matter. No. Because I ended the, It was a few months later after he died. Because Batman was... is always a summer blockbuster mm-hmm. film. Yeah. So I remember we had just moved to Seattle, and Aaron and I went and saw that movie on some sketchy theater off 99. Oak Tree. Yes. <laughs> and um, you you saw it, and it was just like tinged with sadness right because that was the role that drove him to madness it seemed but don't you think though that uh, i mean it was a it's a good film Mm -hmm. but don't you think that that was enhanced by the fact that he died yeah do you know what i mean like it got more publicity for sure and again it's like it memorializes something yeah because the person dies which is morbid but also very true Mm -hmm. you know 
Um, but his death was cardiac arrest brought on by prescription drug intoxication. I mean, the only people that really know what happened are the Olsen twins. Right? And they won't come out and say anything. That's weird. Those two twins. Yeah. They're kind of creepy, man. Have you seen them lately? I saw them at the Met. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They look like witches. <laughs> they look I'm like sorry. little witches. <laughs> but, like, it's hard for me to hate on them because I'm also kind of fascinated by them. Right. I mean, but they could smile, though, every once in a while. They're so you know, withdrawn looking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they just do their own thing. They're like, I'm just going to wear all black leather. <laughs> well, fuck camp. <laughs> so, like, I'm not here for camp. Nope. I'm still promoting my own brand. And they just always like are so close together. Um, I saw them once at uh, this little coffee shop in LA called Aroma. Yeah. That's, Tell me it more. It was like uh, just a couple uh, store friends away from the yoga studio that I, I went to and um, I was behind them in line and when one of them opened up her her wallet the first thing I saw was like a Bally's t- uh, membership Bally's fitness membership I was like why are you going to Bally's total fucking fitness that was so bizarre to me are they just like little teeny tiny They're people tiny little nuggets yeah yeah I love that that's the one thing that you took away. I mean, it was weird. <laughs> I'd be following them around all over the place. That's a good place to look for celebrities, that that place. I saw Jenna Dewan Tatum there. Mm-hmm. I saw Katie Lang there once. Oh, she and Channing Tatum are divorced now. Yeah. Just Jenna Dewan. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all I got about Heath Ledger. Yeah. Um, Rest in peace. My next one is Princess Diana. <sighs> Princess That's a good one. Diana, 1961. She died in 1997. She was just 36 when she died. That seems so 36. weird. 36. Yeah. Wow. Do you remember where you were when you heard the news of her dying? I was in Europe. I was in uh, Amsterdam. Wow, you weren't too far away. No, I was on our European vacation with me and my brothers. Mm. Um, I woke up, I turned the TV on, and it was all over the news. Yeah, it was a shocker. Yeah. I was at my friend's lake house, and she comes in, and she's like, Al. Is it what state were you? Everybody used to call me Al, South Carolina. Okay. Al, Princess Diana died. And I was like, shut up. You're lying. Why would I lie about this? And I'm like, good point. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it was definitely a shocker. Yeah. Um, But then, like, you hear that, and you run all the scenarios in your head. Like, oh, she, because she was always on the run from the paparazzi, right? Mm-hmm. And she was always like trying to like go to her therapist. So she was like looking for help and trying to find refuge from her crazy world. And then in the end, yeah. So it wasn't a big leap that this is what happened. Yeah, you know what I mean. That was a crazy time. Crazy for her. Um, you know, everybody, every little not every little girl can't make that generalization. But a lot of little girls want to be princesses, right? Mm-hmm. When they when they grow up. Charlotte is currently in a princess stage. In a princess stage. And I don't um you don't I don't encourage it, I don't discourage it. Yeah. I just let, let her have her interests. Yeah. Um but I think one of the reasons why everybody was just so enamored with Diana is that she brought a humanity to that role that we hadn't seen before. Mm-hmm. Um and she was just really real about all the shit that she was dealing with. They called her, what, the princess of the people. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot about that. Um, she talked about mental illness. She talked about, you know, 
Prince Charles having his affair mm-hmm. with that famous quote, like there were three of us in this marriage or something like that. So it was a bit crowded. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyway, it just gave us a glimpse that, you know, we hadn't seen before. She was like a real person. Yeah. Yeah. And then a lot of people, I just, I vaguely remember this um, because it was, you know, in the early 80s and early 90s, but she started doing work with the AIDS patients. Mm -hmm. And she was like one of the first public figures to go visit, you know, people that were um, living with AIDS in the hospital and would like hold their hand. Touch and that them. was shocking. Shocking. Because people still didn't understand. You're not wearing gloves? Yeah. And she would come out publicly and be like, you know, these people need a hug. They need human contact. You can't get it that way. Mm-hmm. And she did work with um, people with leprosy in Africa. And she just, she seemed like a person that had a lot of problems because it seemed like she struggled with some mental issues um, but also a person that was a deeply good human. Someone that used their platform and privilege to uplift rather than keep people down. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I mean, and she had iconic style. Yeah. One of my favorite stories of her is when she met Michael Jackson for the first time and she whispered to him, my favorite song is Dirty Diana. <laughs> Dirty Diana. Love. That she loves that. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's a new one to me. So yeah. Princess Diana gone too soon. Yeah. Um, so. Let me cue something up for y'all. That's my girl, Miss Aliyah Dana Houghton. Yeah. Oh. Um, born in 1979, passed away too soon in 2001. She was 22. She was in a helicopter, right? Airplane. Airplane. Yeah. Um, so I was living in LA at the time, and this is when I was pursuing the dance career thing. Mm. And so all of us were like shocked when this came out. Um, because she was at the top of her career at that point. Um, everyone wanted to work with her. She was like the perfect mixture bound between sweet and street, as they would say. <laughs> um, and I don't know. She was so iconic for being so young. And like her self-titled album, Aaliyah, had just been released and so many great songs on there. And to, like, hear that album, that body of work, and to, like, see that potential and, like, see where she would take that next and then have her die was so sad for all of us. And there were so many tributes to her, you know, dance, in the dance studios and, um, yeah, even, like, my friends that were super hard were like, I wanted to work with her. You know, it was really funny, uh, really cute. And um, One in a Million, great song. Back and forth. Are you that somebody? Remember from the what was it? Um, uh, Mr. Oh yeah, yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. What is that movie called? 
um, with with Hercules. <laughs> yeah, Hercules. <laughs> <laughs> Not meet the clumps. Oh, the Nutty Professor. Nutty Professor. Yeah, that's what it was. Um, yeah, but she had the coolness, and she was like street with like that soft edge that people would love. So she had like this this really big appeal to people. Um, and I actually found out from my friend Mark because he, um, I think she was in the Palmas, and they were doing a shoot. So it was, a, it was like a whole team of them, and they were on, in, on a plane that crashed, and they knew uh, Christopher Maldonado, who was the makeup artist that mm. that 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 died as well, and so they were uh, broken up about that. Um, so yeah, it was super sad. Yeah, that was a sad time. Super sad, and um, she was in the middle of filming Queen of the Damned at the time, which is unwatchable. That movie is, you can't watch it, because there wasn't enough of her in it. Mm. She was like the main person, right? Yeah. So they did what they could with it, but unfortunately, it's not a watchable movie. Aww. But yeah, it was a huge impact on me in the dance world at the time, Um, so... We miss her. I still, I still rock that album still. Do you really? Oh my god, it's so good, so so good. I want to say R.I.P. after each of these ones, yeah. but I guess it just goes without saying. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so my next one uh, is Tupac. Tupac Shakur. Dun 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 dun. <laughs> no, that's my hip hopness. <laughs> that West West Coast. Sounds. Well, and I feel a little bit. Uh, I feel a little bit funny as a white woman nearing almost 40, like talking about how I listened to Tupac as a young, a young girl growing up. But when my brother and I would ride to school together, I would have to drop him off at middle school and then I would go on to high school. We listened to All Eyes on Me like every single morning <laughs> and we would rap along to it and it was just an album that we bonded over yeah you know and um again it's kind of similar to uh the conversation that we had earlier with kurt cobain and nirvana what i liked about tupac is that he was writing about the life that he knew Mm -hmm. and it opened my eyes to you know what it was like to be a young black man in the 90s. I don't have any, you know, frame of reference for... You don't? That style of, of life. Yeah. But it just brought awareness yeah. to it that I right, think right, a right. lot of people didn't mm-hmm. understand. And then he would write songs about his mother that, you know, were very poignant. Uh-huh. So I thought that was... I don't know. It's just... it's I With all of these people, it's super, super sad that we aren't able to see where their talent would take them right. into the future. Um, but did you know that he did ballet? No. He went to a high school for uh, theater and... Arts. For, yeah, for the arts. And I he was the Rat King and the Nutcracker. Oh, my. <laughs> and he wrote poetry. He was, like, best friends with Jada Pinkett. Oh. And, yeah, she spoke at his funeral. Um. So I think there was, like, we have this one image of Tupac, right? And I think there was a whole lot more to him that we, you know, 
didn't get to experience. He was in Poetic Justice with Janet Jackson. Yeah, I never watched that. It's so good. How did he do? He did awesome. Yeah. He played a, a mailman that was trying to get with Janet. <laughs> Who's not trying to get with Janet? <laughs> you know? And my girl Regina King is in that. Oh, that was like one of my favorite movies. Jennifer Lewis plays Tupac's mom in that movie. Oh, really? And she's so sassy to ass. It's so good. You, I think one of the things that I've learned about you from doing the podcast is your movie knowledge. I, that was the thing I didn't know about you before we started doing the pod. I don't. Do I have movie knowledge? Yes. Do I? You're always relating everything to a movie. <laughs> this is a thing. Okay, I'll take it. Um, what was I going to say? One more thing about Tupac. Oh. Uh, Tupac and Suge Knight, they kind of started the whole West East Coast, Coast, West Coast thing. The war. Yeah. The, uh, but it's Which like, is cute in, like, in theory. But when it got to, like, real shootings and bullets, I'm like, that's not cute at all. Because, I mean, what, three months later, Notorious B.I.G. died? Mm-hmm. Don't tell me those are unrelated. <laughs> don't, I don't believe in coincidences like that, you know? Yeah. Um. So... Are you done with yours? Yeah, that's my spiel on Tupac. Okay, so my next one is... I know that you are going to poo-poo this just a little bit, and that's okay. I'm not poo-pooing. Brittany Murphy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, she's in my favorite movie, Clueless. Let me... Exactly. Yeah. I just want to give you, like, the movies that I love her in. Clueless, obviously. Obviously. She plays Ty. Yeah. Who we love. Yep. Because she was... She was the the title, Clueless, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Um, Drop Dead Gorgeous. You know how much I love this yeah. movie. She plays a pageant queen, well, a burgeoning pageant queen, um, who is trying to follow in her drag queen brother's shoes, high heels, uh, because the her brother won all these these pageant awards in drag. And so she was just trying to duplicate that, which mm-hmm. is really funny. She did a great role, great job in that role. Girl Interrupted, she played the, uh, she had Tourette's. Is that with Angelina yes. Jolie? Okay. Uh-huh. Exactly. Uh, it's super disturbing. Hurts my heart. I haven't seen it. Uh, and Eight Mile. I, I was gonna, I was wondering if Eight Mile was gonna make it. Eight Mile. She, I mean, she was real, real trashy. Um, real haggard. Yeah. But I loved her in that movie. Um, she had a very public life that, I don't know, it wasn't healthy, you know? Like, well, she was in the she tabloids. She had a weird relationship with her husband. Yeah, yeah. Was he also her manager? I'm not sure. I just feel like you can't be in a relationship with your manager. There's, there's something seemed nefarious yeah. in that relationship, right? Is he still? He died too, didn't he? Girl, yeah. Oh, sorry. Am no, I, no, no. Am I getting ahead of myself? But that's okay. That's okay. Um, I just want to tell you the details of how she died because it's so it's bizarre. strange. Yeah. Um, so uh, December twentieth, two thousand nine. Firefighters respond to a 911 call after she collapsed in her bathroom. She was like tiny. Tiny, exactly. To see how her body changed um, from clueless to, you know, later in her life. I don't know if it's kosher to talk about, but it was, it was startling, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, Atrophy. That's what you, just like wasting away. Yeah. Um, So they tried to revive her and they transported her to Cedar sinai 
and they pronounced her dead at 10 a.m. So then maybe the day or two later, they did an autopsy on her and the death, the reason for death uh, on her death certificate read deferred, which is weird. What does that mean? Which means we'll say later, (coughs) which is bizarre, right? Two to three months later, the L.A. coroner's office reports that the primary cause of death is pneumonia. Secondary cause, iron deficiency anemia and multiple drug intoxication. So there's a whole lot of stuff going on, mm-hmm. which is bizarre, right? Um, so the report also said that she had high, high, super high levels of multiple over-the-counter drugs in her system that appeared to show that she was trying to fight off like a cold or a respiratory infection. Mm-hmm. Um, but all of the drugs were, uh, were legal, okay? So five months later, her husband, Simon Monjak, dead with acute pneumonia and severe anemia. So what were they doing? Um, so There's got to be some theories. The theory that came out was that they died of toxic mold in, the in house. their house. Yeah, in their house. So um, the mom, her mom, came out and said, that's ridiculous. That's, that's not what happened, right? So then her dad filed for, like, a report. He actually wanted hair samples of his daughter to mm-hmm. do some tests on it. Mm-hmm. And, of course, he didn't show up to the hearings. And so that request is dismissed. The dad didn't show up? Correct. So if you're trying to figure out what was going on with your daughter and you don't show up to these hearings, that is weird. Yeah. Okay. Dismissed, right? The court said, you didn't show up, so we're going to throw this out. Um... Cut to a year later, he says that a report, which no one knows what this report is, shows that there were high levels of heavy metals in both Brittany and Simon's system. Later, he went on to say that he believes that his ex-wife, her mom, murdered them. Well, he killed them on purpose. He doesn't sound like he's emotionally stable. Can you imagine this? What was happening in this whole thing? And, and of it course, all sound fucked up. The mom denies it and says this, it's a smear campaign. Well, who got their estate? The mom. Um, I don't know. Mm. I didn't research that much on that part of it. It's all nefarious. It is. <laughs> is that the word you use? That's that is. One. Yeah. So that's the very bizarre death of a very talented Brittany Murphy. Yeah. Um. Side note, mm-hmm. did you know that Merriam-Webster Dictionary just added Stan <gasps> to the dictionary? Really? Yeah, oh that's God. just a side note in relation to Eminem because yeah. of the song Stan, Feet, Dido. Uh-huh. But yeah. Featuring Dido. <laughs> stupid, stupid. <laughs> yes, Stan, stalker fan is now in the, wow. in the dictionary. I think it's kind of funny. <laughs> I mean, it's just apropos for the ridiculousness of the world we're living in. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, my last one, you guys, and I know Kai might have a couple more after me, but... That's my last one. This is going to be the last one for me. Um, and this person is the reason why this topic came into my brain, is mm. because Amy Winehouse Rehab oh. came on the radio, okay. and, I, and I immediately immediately was like, gone too soon. And then mm. I texted you. I was like, this might be a little bit weird, but... But we're we doing it. Um, 1983, she was born. So she's the youngest out of all of these folks that we mentioned that have passed. Well, how old was she when she passed? 
Well, she died in 2011, so 11 minus 3 is 8. She was 28 when she died. Mm, I have younger. No, I meant she was born the latest. Oh, I see what you're saying. 1983. I see, I see, I see. Got it. So... She was kind of known, you know, for soul and R&B and jazz. And, and that you have. And that interesting thing <laughs> is, is that I don't like, I'm not a super aficionado on any of those types of music, mm-hmm. but her album, Back to Black, is probably in my top 10 mm. favorite albums. Really? It just struck a chord. Can I say, I have never heard that album. Oh, it's really good. Mm-hmm. I think you should just give it a listen. I will say, here's the thing. What's the thing? I think that this was... The time when I was railing against people being famous for bad behavior. Mm. Do you know what I mean? But you that's know, all I knew about her was she was in the papers for being addicted, being fucked up all the time, and not giving a care. And you know, like it was story after story for story. So I just couldn't get into her music because she was just too much. Well, guess what? Now she's dead. It's sad. And so you can listen to our music now. Okay. She, uh, well, I mean, yeah, you're right. Like in the early aughts, it was Lindsay Lohan. I mean, it was all these people that were just like perma-damaged. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And I think she, this person, Amy, was like truly an addict. Right. I mean, you you could see, kind of like Brittany Murphy, you could see the degradation of like a healthy Amy to a seriously skinny drug addicted Amy. And I felt like watching that, that that decline, it was so obvious the direction things were going. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that was like, I don't want to deal with that. Like, why would I want to invest emotionally into this thing that's going to, you know, yeah. implode, you know? Yeah. Weird or not. I mean, it is weird, but no, I that's why I felt. That's, those are your feelings. Yeah. Um, I remember where I was. My dad texted me. I don't know why I was here. But I was in Wilmington, North Carolina with Spurgeon. Mm-hmm. And we were sitting at a bar. And my dad texted me, Amy Winehouse. Your dad, dad texted you this? Yeah. Wow. He, Amy Winehouse was like a thing for me. Uh-huh. And I think it was 2006 it came out. Anyway, I loved her. And I dressed up for her as one year, one year at Halloween. All. And you know, I don't dress up for Halloween. <laughs> I hate costumes. But nobody knew who I was. And mm. I was like, it's so obvious. Interesting. Interesting. But people just weren't in the... What wig did you have? You had a wig? I had a big old beehive wig. I was wearing a white... Did you rent it or did you buy it? I bought it. You still have it? No. Sure. A white tank top. Okay. I did the big... The eyeliner eyes, and the, the, cat eyes. the red. I did all of that. Mm-hmm. Flats and skinny jeans. I mean, yeah, it was an easy costume, but it didn't take much <laughs> to figure out who I was. Right. And, uh... Next year, there were, like, tons of Amy Winehouses. I see. You were ahead of the curve. So I'll give myself that. <laughs> um, she had a whole style. You yeah. Know? She had a look. It was a throwback. She had a voice. Yeah. And I am truly sad that she has gone too mm-hmm. soon. Gonna make me go to rehab That's so sad and telling, though. Right? Yeah. A little bit very foreshadowy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you feel after this? Do you feel uplifted? I mean, I feel like we missed these people. We loved them. Yeah. They made an impact on our lives. Um, so to gripe about them being gone is super legit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm curious to know what, pe- what other people, who, who they miss. Do you want to give out your honorable mentions? Because I think they were good. Um, 
Avicii. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I was uh, that's not my type of music that I listen to. Um, but I know that people were in love with this artist. Yeah, they related DJ. to him for sure. Um, it was just a little bit too like over the top for me, you know. Um, but yeah, he I mean was a torture person, you know. I think he took his own life. Yeah. Um, Philip Seymour Hoffman was on my list mm-hmm. as well. Amazing actor. Um, what did he die from? Uh, Was it drugs? Drugs, yeah. Dang. Yeah, um, he, in New York, and I think his friend, who was, who was like a uh, playwright, met, uh, found him. But yeah, it was a lot of a lot of addiction. Paul Walker was on my list as well. Okay, because he was Floyd. Floyd, completely. Floyd. We should have put him number number one um, for his Floydness. But like you know, the acting thing was a stretch for him. <laughs> But, you know, if you can land a freaking franchise with how cute you are, yeah. you better get that money, boo-boo. Yes. get that money. I, I read that he uh, was worth $25 million when he died. And he died, ironically, in a car crash. I know. That is so crazy. Yeah. That was tragic. That was sad. I'll give an honorable mention out to Chris Cornell for all of the same reasons as Kurt Cobain. But two years ago, I think, is when he passed. Mm. And man, that seems bizarre because he took his own life. And it's like, but you've waited, you're like 50 now. Dang. Mm. You know, yeah. not that mental illness strikes, you know, at a certain time, but right. it's just like, it just seemed really odd. Anthony Bourdain. Oh, uh, yeah, for sure. Scott Wieland from Stone Temple Violets. Yeah, he always had problems. Yeah. Anyways, I guess like, you know, artists are tortured. Tortured. So don't be an artist, you guys. Just leave that to us. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. We'll see y'all in a couple weeks. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you on the flip side. <gasps> mm, bye-bye. Bye bye.